What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Lonely Wrist. What's up, all my lonely wristers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's something I just came up with. Hopefully it sounds good. So this today, wrist is lonely, but not that one. <laughs> this is pretty much lonely. I'm we're not lonely health, tonight. Oh, we're, we're, not lonely, we're not lonely today, so don't you worry. <laughs> are, you wearing your, are you wearing your Panerai? What are you wearing? Yeah, I'm got a Panerai Ooh. today. Panerai girl? Yeah. Um, I almost forgot to wear my watch today. When I was like leaving, I was like, damn it, I have to wear, to wear my watch. Usually I don't wear my nails. Good, good call. Back. It's been a busy day. It's Monday. I know we're all super busy. I'm trying to prepare for my oh, trip really. to Geneva on oh, Wednesday. So when are you gonna when are you gonna go? Oh, Wednesday. Yep, Up, two days. Uh, where are you gonna go? So Geneva I, and I am going to Geneva. I'm going to Le Loc. I'm going to oh, Natal, yeah. and I'm going to um, right outside of I think like I can't think of the name of it right now. Yeah, that's fun. That's a place All that I went making. when I went. That's fun. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm excited for you. He's only going there for Toblerone, and that's it. The chocolate, then he's just coming home. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that's, I, don't blame him. <laughs> so let, let's kick this off. We have, obviously, a special guest. We're getting right into the fun here. So we have Bruna. Say hi, Bruna. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I, I thought it'd be great to have Bruna on today because she is the queen legend at building relationships. OG. If you say so. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> she she sells almost every watch in the world, every watch brand. She represents them. And sure. this is an episode for watch nerds out there. And maybe we could pick your brain. So yeah. we're going to utilize you to share some of your wisdom about building a better relationship with your AD. Sounds great. So That's welcome great. to the show, Bruna, officially. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Sorry for taking a while, but you know we made it happen. So that's She's good. very busy, guys. She's too I'm busy. I'm a busy person. Stay's <laughs> busy, man. Not bragging, but I got I got things to do. It is okay. too young. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine just the juggling act that you have to do that you call work. Oh yeah. No, I'm, so, you know, I, I I do. So everything that I propose myself to do, I try to do a hundred ten percent. So that's why sometimes I get a little, you know caught up in time if I decide to do something else and then I do have my own business and I do have you know the store that I work at and then I have a personal life and then I have you know other projects in mind so it's you know 24 hours per day seven days per week sometimes sounds a little short but you know we make it happen how's your sleep schedule <laughs> that one I will take care of yeah that one I need seven hours per day otherwise it won't work the rest of it so that's good that's she's a good a, question <laughs> she's a she's a very successful budding Airbnb host oh yeah which I'm turning which I'm closing my account by the way so that's why I have a meeting uh, a little bit but you know other projects in the horizon so you know I can share right now but something exciting is coming up soon so i'll keep i'll keep my eyes out for sure yes uh this is funny because we recorded this podcast already but we had some issues with the first one so we had to get bruna back so thanks for coming back and taking the time absolutely um so tell us how you got started in the watch industry and Um, go from there so it was almost three years ago when I simply applied for a full-time job back then I used to work it was right after the pandemic I used to work I always work in retail right so before the pandemic I used to work in a jewelry company one bigger corporation and then I got you know laid off and then when they called me back it was in a leather company another big corporation Louis Vuitton I never I don't work for them anymore but anyways Louis Vuitton and then you know, it was part-time when they come back. So obviously part-time for me would not work financially because I'm too expensive to work for part-time only. <laughs> so so I start, you know, looking for full-time jobs because back then it was not a possibility to get a full-time where I was at, which is okay. So I'm glad that it worked out as it did. So I simply applied for, you know, a watch store that was hiring full-time and I had an interview and I had a very great connection right away with my store director, which was the person who hired me, you know, and I started, you know, working full-time. So it was not something that I planned. It was not like a call from the universe or anything like that. It was simply <laughs> an opportunity to to be full-time. But, you know, I found out myself much happier in the industry for many, many reasons. And I'm I'm there for 
almost three years now. Wow. So you, yeah, go, you into it. go where it makes, go where it makes you happy as well. Like I, I absolutely anybody that in a career, like you need to enjoy what you're doing. Otherwise you're going to be absolutely. miserable and not worth it. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I have, you know, I have a large background in sales and hospitality and then few places that I work at, I did not love and that I didn't want to be there. So I didn't spend too much of my time there anyways. But most of the place that I, you know, passed through from my career, I have nothing to complain about. You know, the only thing I complained was part-time, doesn't pay my bills at all. But, you know, other than that, it was just fine. And then, but by far, watches is definitely my, my favorite industry. So it's safe to say you just kind of fell on your butt and you became a watch salesperson. Yep, exactly. Simple <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's Simple awesome. like that. <laughs> I think I think I met you. Maybe we we've known each other for maybe like two years now. So you, mm-hmm. you yeah, it was pretty, right in the beginning, right when I started. Maybe you're you're pretty fresh in, but obviously I am have am glazed over. But I've I've met many people, not like Bruna, but many people in the similar role as Bruna. And something that um that really stuck out is just. It's just like your your passion, you know. You could tell like what you're talking about. You're very passionate about, and you care, you know. Absolutely. Which, which I I just don't see very often. And we immediately connected. We've stayed in contact pretty much the whole time. And uh, and yeah, so I feel like you're you're setting a good example for the industry. Oh, thank you. Uh, That's a big responsibility. It's a big yeah. weight on my shoulder. Just FYI, but oh well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's so selfish no. of you, Blake. Why do you do that to her? <laughs> yeah, but I do have to admit again, everything that I propose myself to do, I put a hundred fifty percent efforts. I don't like to be like average. You know, I like to be seen in a good way, especially because this the world is so small. You know, this industry, especially in Las Vegas, uh, even back in Brazil when I used to work in sales also, everything's so everyone knows each other somehow. And I feel that in general, be intentional, right? So if you do a good job, everyone's going to see it and you're going to be rewarded for it. And if you do something that you don't like, just do for a short period of time, might be somebody else's passion. That's how I see, you know? And then, yeah, that's, that's my, that's what guides me to do my work, how I do it. Love that. And thank you for the, thank you for the compliments. Of course. <laughs> so since you're so successful at this, Bruna, what's been uh, your approach to cultivating client relationships? So I, for all the business that I've been to, I learned very quickly that it's much easier to sell to for someone that knows you, that oh, trusts yeah. you somehow. So to me, more important than close a sale right away is to make sure they client is happy and then they will return to you again like return to me again this is to me of course it feels good to close right away one sale but to me it's much better my accomplice i celebrate when the same client that i sold something comes back to me or refer somebody to me or this is way more important so i learned this very quickly and then right in the beginning of my career so to me every single interaction that i do with any client is extremely intentional my intention is to solve the problem if they walk in my store asking for a watch in my mind that's a problem they don't have a watch and i'm there to solve this problem right to sell a watch but better than sell one watch i'm there to build help them building a collection or if they do have a collection helping them to diversify their collection or you know like to i always kind of plant in my think of the next brain. step exactly like I, if i do something in my mind there's something ahead already that i'm you know ready to obviously it doesn't happen 100 percent of the time but i do have a large amount of clients for the short period of time that i that I've been in the industry and, um, you know, and that's how my brain works. You know, I try to cultivate. So never, this connection never ends. How do you, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of clients because every, every time I walk in to come see you, you know, you're with somebody or you're busy oh, or yeah. you're, you're waving <laughs> at me from the corner. But how, how do you, how do you keep up with everybody? Like, how do you keep um, up with all your clients? Like, obviously like, I know it's important for you to remember things, right? Like the pieces that are in their collection or maybe where their collection's heading or maybe what pieces they're hoping to acquire in the future. 
But how do you remember all that? I mean, that's a great question because everyone says like, you have a memory and I do have a good memory. So if you do something bad, I'm never going to forget. And if you do something good, I'm never going to forget either. I forgot what my breakfast was. Oh no, I do have a great, I do have a great memory actually. And then I, you know, that's a plus, right? So that's, I don't know the secret sauce, but you know, it just, I just have it. So, but also what I try to stimulate, you know, my interaction with my clients, for example, in the store that I work, there is a system that we put the client's information. There is like a notes that usually I use the notes to put, you know, okay, my, the client's wife's name. Sometimes she never goes there, but he talk about his wife. So I know her name or they have kids or where they work. And then, you know, a big project or something that they're willing to accomplish or they're going to sell the company, something. So I usually put like in the notes, like there's a private information. So I'm the only one. I mean, right. the corporation, me, I'm the only yeah. one, you know, who see those notes. So it's easy to me to remember this information, right? Because I always add more. But also when you start genuinely care about your clients, when you start to talk to them so often, you kind of remember. Like, I'm pretty sure you know a little bit about life of your friends. And I'm yeah. not here to mix it up, professional and personal life. I like, I, you know, I do have like a lot of clients that I know a lot about their lives. It's just because I talk to them so often. Right. You know, not only about watches, you know, sometimes about a trip or sometimes about, I don't know, dogs or, you know, yeah. wine or anything that they want to just chat about it. And then I do pay attention in the information. So it's easy to me to remember all those information. But I'm always busy, too, in the store because that's what I'm there for. Yeah. Think about, you know, my hour, again, I, you know, I work for money. That's the reality, you know. So to me, I need to pay off my time and then I don't want to waste nobody else's time there. So if somebody take the time to get out of their house, to drive to the street, to park and walk through the casino and go to my store, I have to kind of appreciate also their time there. Right. Yeah. So, you know, not doing nothing, not doing anything. I don't feel that's respectful with them. So I'm there to be as professional as I can be, you know, be as informative as I can be. So it's, it's a way in my mind to appreciate their time to be there because they can simply buy online if they want to, but yeah. they decide to go to the store. So, you know, being more present in the moment to me is very, it's very important. That's why I try to keep myself busy all the time yeah, in a I good mean, way, like be productive. It's kind of, kind of funny because obviously I haven't bought no watch from you. I'm sorry. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'd say 90% of the time we talk, we talk about beagles. Because we are That's both be- we are both beagle parents. That's true. That is true. And we- See, and then you know, a watch goes in the middle of the conversation somehow. But that's how I, you know, that's how I, you know, try to 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 connect some. Because if you be if you are too operational with your client, also gets boring. Like yeah, imagine you talk to somebody definitely. only about products and you know promotion yeah. and price and numbers and yeah. no. You know, life is not all about that. It feels very transactional when that happens. Like exactly. it doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel honest. It doesn't feel, um, and that's the worst part, you know, yeah. because. And then... Go, Go ahead. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> interrupt you. Yeah. No, I mean, what, what you have to say is probably way more important than I have to say. So no, but, but that's, that's a true. And then if you put yourself as a client, like when I am ready to buy something, you know, and then I go to store. Of course, I don't want to know the sales professional life. Like, it's none of my business. But right. it feels good to know when they ask other questions besides the product. Yeah. You know? So For I sure. start to to kind of reflect that. And then I bring back one thing that I learned also. So in Las Vegas, Las Vegas is a place for celebration, right? A lot of people come to Vegas to celebrate something, right? Sometimes they come to spend a weekend, in Vegas just because, but sometimes they come for anniversary, birthdays, you know, vacation, whatever. So I realize that when I am on vacation, what I like to do, I like to travel, right? And then when I travel, I go, like, for example, this my last birthday last year, I went to Napa. So every single winery that we went, you know, I remember I went to three of them. So one, two of them ask, what's the reason? like the purpose of a trip or something I told oh it's my birthday so the way how they approach the whole presentation for the wine taste is completely different than the winery that didn't ask and then it doesn't make me feel bad or anything it's just the feeling of sharing things 
that's not related to wine, for example, feel good. So every single client that walk in my store, I ask this question, what's the occasion? You know, what are you shopping for? What's, you know, and then the answer, depending on what's the answer, the interaction goes differently, right? And I know it feels much better to hear more from them about their lives and what their plans than just about watches. So I try to bring to my work what I see, what I pay attention outside of that. It Couldn't works. agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And so I'm curious for you, Bruna, what challenges have you faced when trying to establish trust and rapport with new clients, especially? So I personally don't take anything personal. I don't take anything personal. So there is clients who are willing to, you know, establish a relationship to, you know, spend their time with you and then learn about it and then engage. And then even if they're not ready to buy, they'll consider your time and then, you know, Moving forward, something might happen, right? But there is a lot of people that they just want to deal. They just want what they want. They just want what I cannot somehow deliver. And it's very frustrating in one part because, again, for me, I feel that, okay, I did not accomplish what my goal is with this person. But again, I don't take personal. Everyone has their preferences. Everyone has their priorities. Everyone has a way. Like, for example, last week I had a client come. Let's know this week I had a client come to the store. Every single watch, I couldn't interact with her because every single watch she was pointing, all, all she want to know is just price. How much is this one here? How much? And then before I tell the price, I usually, you know, present the watch, put in her wrist. She didn't want to even just say this. Like, I don't want to, I just want to know the number. And then it was very challenging to engage when right. someone is like this. But again, I don't take personal. Maybe that's her way to buy things. I didn't sell obviously anything for her. She didn't find anything that she liked there, but she will find somewhere. So that's okay. That that happens a lot in Vegas for people who are trying to wash money. Like, I'm not sure if you've probably had that, but people. I don't think in. she want to wash money. I just think she was in the budget. She didn't want to spend more than what she wanted. Her, what she had. You in never her know. That's how I feel. Yeah, it could, could be. be that too. But I, that's the, uh, the impression that I had. She had like some number, and she was like asking whatever she like, liked. This is and see the number. But I need to yeah. stay under 10k, or you know, exactly. Some, some so that's a, that's a feeling. Yeah, that's a feeling that I got. But could be that too. But again, yeah. regardless, I know. I didn't say anything. For her, yeah, yeah, and then that's she's not the only person who does that. Like this kind of situation happens sometimes, right. you know. So yeah. it's a little frustrating. But again, I don't take persons like that's her, that's her way to to buy. And then maybe another person won't buy next door, but buys with me. So that's, that's right. how life works. It'll you know? it, it'll come back at some point to you. You know, keep being a good person to keep being a genuine person. And yeah. I think that people will always you know give you your time of day and and you know help you out in that way too. I mean, I you can't you can't help everybody, right? Exactly. I wish, but um, no. <laughs> t- tell us, tell us a memorable story where, like, a strong client relationship led to some unique or unexpected opportunity. Ah, uh, I have so many because I got so many clients, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, so I would say maybe a recent story. So sure. this couple, they. They have a home here in Vegas, but they also have a home in Colorado. They come every six months kind of thing. They always stop by to take a look and, you know, watches. They had not bought anything for the first two years, I would say, because I met them right right in the beginning. But recently I sold something. And then the first time that I sold the watch, like right after, they ended up selling like back to back to back to back. And then we have like a few watches already in, in their wrists. But it took a while, I guess, because they needed time to kind of understand what the money was not a problem for them. Clearly, we could see in the beginning. And again, I'm not the kind of person that I kind of push in the beginning. No, I just make them feel very comfortable. And then the feedback that I heard from them is that they feel much comfortable dealing with me because they see that I'm not pushy, but I kind of show what's up there. And I let them take their time and then I, you know, show the information that they want to know and help them make their decision. So that's a good feedback to hear. So that's the most recent, I would say. Did they take you to Colorado? No, uh. I haven't been there yet. <laughs> I was waiting although for they, to... they, Although they told me when I, they, they told me when I go there, so just reach them out. So in Denver, yeah, so, but I have nice. not been there yet. 
<laughs> That's not true, um, actually. A lot of clients, it's very sweet. A lot of clients, actually, they have homes, like, right? I mean, they live in other places. So they always, oh, when you come to Miami, when you come to, you know, yeah. whatever they live, Inviting let me you. know. Yeah. yeah. So that's very, very sweet. So I have not that's been really to cool. none of those places, but, you know, but that's very sweet too, if, to hear if this her, from them. If, if Bruno's customers are listening, she's waiting for the invitation, guys. Oh, yeah. No, they, I went to, so I was on vacation. <laughs> I was on vacation this first week of January, and one of my good clients, she has a home in, in Miami. She doesn't live in Miami, but she has a home there. And she was there the week the week that I was there also. I got the flu. Oh, so, oh no. <laughs> she was like, I thought, because I told her that I was going to Miami. And she's like, oh, let's hang out, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, sure, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when I got there, I was like, I'm sorry. I got the flu. <laughs> she was like, yeah. I'm not going to stop. No, I'm not. I just want to, you know, spread the, the, the illness to anybody. It's like, I don't feel like getting sick either. So, yeah, you know, it was all right. But, you know. Better not to we, chance it. You know, I get I get a lot of this invitation. from everybody. That's very sweet of them, actually. That's pretty cool. So I was going to say, uh, touching back on what we were just talking about, for anybody listening as well, Sales 101, if you want to be a good salesperson as well, be genuine to people like we mentioned before, but sell what the people are looking for. Don't try and convince other people that, oh, you need this other thing that's crazy, like that they had no idea. Like It's okay to do that sometimes, but generally you want to always try and sell within a category that they're interested in. Um, I I partially disagree. Do you? I do. Yes. All right. Let's hear it. Yeah. I partially disagree. A lot of the brands you sell sell themselves, but I'm curious why you disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I partially disagree. I agree that you should not be like pushing for something that the client don't know when you think they should have it because you think this. That's, I agree. But sometimes clients think they want something, but they don't really want. They're just being told they should have. From somebody right. they trust, right? So imagine if I sell only what my client wants, I would not sell anything. Oh, that makes how sense. You, yeah. How do you figure that out? Like, how do you figure that out? Like, doing my job, doing my job. My job is educate clients. It's educate. I mean, obviously, there is a big portion. There is a big portion of collectors that they know all the brands that I carry, and right. then they know what they want, and then that's much easier. But that's not sell. That's it's Clark. Like I'm getting the watch and I'm getting payment and then leaving. So I'm not selling. Right? right. Sell for me is someone who walks in my store and then finds, okay, I need a watch. And I've been told I should get a, I don't know. I'm just going to give a name, like a Rolex sub. Good luck finding a Rolex sub. Right. Retail. <laughs> I don't sell. First, I don't retail. I don't sell Rolex. So, you know, so how am I going to sell for this person? I mean, you can get your Rolex sub. It's fine. You should have it too. I agree. But I don't have it. There is no one available for now. So let's find out what else you might like. So that's how I do my job, you know. So kind of show what's around, educating them. And based on that particular piece, why a sub? Why? Oh, because I want a diving watch. Okay, so let me show all the diving watches. Or why a sub? No, because I want this iconic piece. Okay, let me show all the iconic pieces from other brands you might like to. And I share the history. I show the mechanism. And they ended up liking it and get it. I mean, That's how I think. Everybody's looking for Everybody's looking for a sub, but I mean, it's debatable that is that for the sub price point, you can get a lot for your money. I agree, I and mean, then I'm not here to tell that of course. anybody else's dream watch should be the one that I think is my dream watch. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not in this position, but my job is to educate based in what I have. And based what I know, and then let them make their decision. Like I, my the worst thing for me is bias regret. I would hate to sell something that the client's like, you know what, I just don't like. I want to change or I want to return. Like my return rate is like close to zero. You know, obviously there is here and there one another like and ended up exchanging. You're gonna have them, but, yeah. but in three years you have like I I, I can count on a hand how many in one hand how many I have return exchange. Like it's very very low because again before. Any of my clients pull the trigger, they're very certain that they like, they understand what is coming from and then what it's all about. And then that's for me, that's for me sales. Like imagine you go buy, you know, a watch that you have in mind and you end up with something else and you absolutely love what you got it, but it's completely different. That's happening a couple of days ago, actually, with a client, a local client, my client, uh, he, you know, I sold a couple of watches for him and he texted me when I was on vacation. I told him. I was like, hey, you know, I'm out of the store for a week. I'll be back next week. And if you'd like to go there, 
my coworkers will help you. And then, you know, my manager's like, no, I'll wait for you. So he was very, very sweet. He wait for me. And then he came back to the store thinking about a reversal. Like he was very certain. I came here to buy a reversal. But can you show me also a couple of the options? Because he gave me like an options. I know his yeah. style. I know what he likes and what he doesn't like. And he's like, can you show me like around this price point, something that I might like? Ended up getting a Zenit Chronomaster. Completely oh, opposite nice. than reversal. And then he absolutely, and he went to the store to buy reversal. Total, and I never told him. Watch. Exactly. And I never told him, don't get a reversal, get this in. The reversal actually was more expensive. So I would make more money selling reversal at that point. But I just showed him, was like, what if, What about this right here? Like, what do you think about, you know, I start to show him, they start about El Primero, took nine years to develop and, you know, design the movements, the best, you know. I was telling him the whole story about the, the the movement and they start he just right. love it he just lo- absolutely love it and he's so, gonna get a reversal afterwards but he made the decision complete that's a sales yeah that's so so what yeah. what strategies are you employing to like understand your client's needs better than like what what exactly are you doing to like listen to what that? he says like again he was my known client i sold a couple watches for him in the past right so i know like he's a doctor he doesn't like big watches he doesn't like super bulky styles he doesn't like link bracelet he likes leather very elegant very subtle but he likes iconic pieces so you know just listen to what he says you know how the watch sits on his wrist you know like all those little details i was paying attention and then i showed him pretty much i showed the the chrono i showed a couple zenit but the chrono master 39 millimeters was the one that he took i got the other option too from zenit the new chrono pilot but he didn't really love that one so much but yeah it was, you know, How, so that's why I partially disagree with when you say like, you should sell what the client wants. Sometimes the client, they don't want, they don't know what they want, frankly. Yeah. No, that is, that's totally, I'm, I'm actually glad that you gave that description as well. I mean, everybody is completely different in their sales approach and clearly it's working for you as well. So no, I, I love that you said that too. So thank you for your input on that. You're welcome. Beyond like the physical purchase of the watch and the satisfaction that goes into that, how do you see that the the buyer or your client ensures value beyond their purchase? Does that make sense? Sorry, I didn't get a question. I like know. besides beyond the purchase, well, ob- obviously, the purchase of what? obviously they they come in and they see a watch that they like and then they buy it. But mm-hmm. beyond that, like in terms of creating that experience mm-hmm. that a customer like will feels at home, feels comfortable, like. What type of steps do you take to provide that experience? You know, so it's month. It's very. It's a watch. It's a commodity, right? You right. can find every single corner. You know, the same watch that I have in my store. What makes a difference is the engagement you have with the person that you're dealing directly. Because if someone doesn't want to engage with anybody at all, they're gonna go online and buy the watch and get done with, right? But I do feel that the experience, the ambience, the engagement that they have with the person makes difference, right? It's so much more pleasant. You walk in a store that's clean, that has a luxurious environment. So if you're looking for luxury watches, right? So that they have a nice assortment of options for you to try, even though if you're not going to get all of them, but at least you can see most of them you know if you have like water available for you if you have like seats to to you know be comfortable and try and then nice mirrors and if you have a champagne to sell like all those kind of little things makes difference in the whole experience because again to buy the watch to swipe the card that's the easiest part for the client and they can do this anywhere however they want right they can do online in their own house in the computer but they can go next door across the street to their house in their hometown and find a watch that's not big deal but the whole thing the whole momentum that makes difference and that's how i try to to do differently because again it's in respect to their time if someone is getting out of their house is getting out of their hotel hotel room to go to my store to browse around i have to be respectful with their time also so i'll do my best to make sure it's worth it their visit to my store and they're going to end up buying something or not really. But if they don't buy, they don't feel like that impression is like, oh, I'm never going to buy it in the store because it's so awful. Right. I'm just going to buy online kind of thing, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, there's some place that you go. And then, I mean, I'm talking myself. I, I'm very loyal. I'm loyal for few salesperson for some, some places, not all of the places because I'm not a heavy buyer anyways. I'm not really a person who shops all the time. But when I buy something, you know, I like I like customer service. That's how I work with. And then I pay attention in other people's customer service so I can copy from my reality or just I just don't do don't do because I think it's awful. Right. And then I'm pretty sure I'm not the only only one person who analyzes that my clients, even though they don't work with customer service, sometimes they have other industry, but they pay attention that they're going to drop at least ten thousand dollars in my store the service has to be equivalent to the amount of money that they're spending. Yeah. Right? So, so give $10,000 worth they, of service. Exactly. And even though if they're not spending $10,000, the fact that they are going there is say something. Yeah. So, right. you know, that's how I try to to make sure they always come back, you know? So to try to make fun the experience, you know? Yeah, Totally. And how do you keep up with the uh, the changing tastes and trends in watches? I just follow them. <laughs> I don't need to like what I sell. She's trendy. That's right. I mean, but that, that's the, that's the reality. I don't need to like what I sell. I need to know what's going on in the market, but I don't need to like. Am I right? Everyone right. likes everyone likes Rolex Daytona. I don't. It doesn't mean that I don't want to, you know, <laughs> sell Rolex Daytona. That my client needs to like, not me. You know, so I just need to know what's going on in the market. I need to know what the brands are doing, what's the benefit of each one of the, you know, the new developments. And then I need to share the information and let the client make a decision based on what I share. It's very important to know what's happening in the market. Absolutely. But again, I don't need you to like it necessarily. I don't need to have it to sell good. And it was something that took me a while because in the beginning... I was trained uh, by one of the sales professionals in my store. That she, now she retired, but she to me was the best salesperson I ever met in the whole industry. She was so knowledgeable, and she had like very nice watches, right? But she worked in the industry for like, twenty plus years, so you know, so she had like very very cool, beautiful pieces. And I was like, oh my god, I'm you know, I'm just gonna sell good like her if I have those watches. So I was like, in my mind, I need to be a watch collector. I need to have this. I need. To, and then I realized afterwards, like, wait a minute, I don't. I need to be a sales professional. I need to be a watch expert. I need to know about watch. I don't need to have watches to sell good. And I don't. I have a few watches, which I love it. They're amazing. I like my watches. Completely different taste than a lot of people who like watches. My watches is my, are mine. It's my taste. Some people's like, really going to buy this? I was like, yeah, I did it. It's not your business. It's mine. I like it. <laughs> right. My style. Right. And then, but, you know, what I sell is completely opposite than my taste sometimes. But it's what my clients like. And that's what matters. I say it's probably even beneficial to not be a watch collector, especially yeah, if less you're addicting. in your role. I agree. Because, it's less addicting. <laughs> not, only, not only is it addicting, but you fall into the same habits that, that buyers can get consumed by such as like hype and, and resale value. And then, you know, collecting. And then, you know, as you're, as you're collecting watches, you, you're focused on your, your collection journey, not your client's collection journey. I agree. I agree. I agree. You know? And then again, I like watches. Of course, I do have yeah. some, you know, I appreciate the art behind the inspiration, the craftsmanship, the history of all the brands, all of that, yeah, Definitely, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm here to, you know, to share with my clients what I know about it, let them make their decision and be happy with your decision and then go from there, you know? So that's I, how I keep up with the hype, with the changes. Keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> yeah. So I get one more question out and then... We obviously promised a lot of our listeners to get your perspective on how to build a strong relationship with somebody like you, somebody who has the ability to allocate watches. But the final question that I have is, in your opinion, what sets a good watch dealer apart from a great one? The people that work for. So watches are available you know, some watches are not, but those watches are very difficult to get it. It won't go for everybody. When right. you put this in your mind, make 
things much easier, much smoother. Don't take personal. It's not because we don't like it. It's because that's a reality. If I have one watch that I get for a year, and if you don't have no purchase history, probably you won't be the one getting this watch. That's the reality. You know, right. so when you're, and then I'm very straightforward with my clients because again, I don't like to waste my time. I don't want to waste their time. It's just the reality. It doesn't mean that we're never going to get the watch. No, ain't the reality nowadays. How that's how it works. What the difference between dealers is, you know, the people you're dealing with, people you're working with, you know, being genuine, being upfront, you know, ca- truly caring about the client and the client needs makes such a big difference. Because if I know my client wants that particular watch and I have two allocations per year and I know it's extremely difficult to get it and just be chitty chatting and not doing business, it's not going to help. So right. I prefer to be upfront and then see, you know, sh- share how, you know, how the world is nowadays and then do my due diligence like educate about the brand educate about the process and then educate about watches and if they're willing to collect watches then you pick a player a place that they trust they trust the person and go from there but again it doesn't mean that my place it doesn't mean that i am the only person reliable no there is lots of right. great sales profession there's a lot yeah. of place great places to be to do business with but the most important is the people who you're dealing with. Because if you see like promising too much, asking too much and not happening anything, that's not how I usually do business with. But, you know, if someone is comfortable doing business like this, that's up to them. But I feel like we're very clear, very upfront and then proactive and knowledgeable. It definitely, you know, have, helps a lot. And then again, when you get a connection genuinely with the person that you're dealing with, it makes difference. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be somebody like we're all different people like mm-hmm. me, you, Justin, we're all different people. We all respond differently to to different experiences, like something that may be a normal day for you, maybe a stressful day for me or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, exactly. It can be the every, same. It can be the same store. Exactly. The same situation. Just just described came in the same store. Like I would not be able to deal with someone who speaks only Chinese, for example. <laughs> It's like, how I'm gonna build yeah. how I'm gonna build a genuine connection with someone who doesn't speak the same language. That's that's yeah. a reality. It doesn't that's mean right. that I'm a bad yeah. person, it doesn't mean they're not a good client, just yeah. like the connection is not there somehow. And then what I'm gonna do in this situation, I'm just gonna call one of my Chinese coworkers and then let them guide through. And then if they have any, you know, hard time dealing with someone who speaks Spanish or Portuguese, they're gonna call me and then do the same, you know. So that's how pretty much works. That's why people are important in a business. And then, you know, who you deal with is very important. More than, you know, product assortments, I feel like. I wanted to save the last approximately 10 minutes of our podcast, you know, to go over that that strategy, right? Because everybody that I know, and obviously we had the idea to bring you on for this podcast, to bring customers into your shoes, mm-hmm. right? And to understand what you look for in customers and, and how you help customers, not only with the service side, but getting them the watches that they they so desire, right? Because obviously you sell some of the, the hardest watches in the world to get allocated, mm-hmm. right? So, so h- how, do you, how do you figure out from your perspective, and again, it's gonna be a different perspective from every sales professional but how do you decide which customer to go back to your leadership team and say this is the customer i want to get this watch oh that's a great question yeah so you know it's basically we our job is sell watches and then more than that we want to make sure the watches are going to the right people and then i'm not here to tell you are right, you're wrong, not that. But, right. you know, if I do have a connection, if I do business with the client for a while, if this client, you know, is open for possibilities within our, my, you know, range, my company, right? So if the client has celebration that they want to share with us, like, you know, they like to celebrate their birthdays, they like to get a watch, they, you know, they got promoted, they, they think about watching and they always think about, think about us, of course, when I have an opportunity, I'm going to give priority for this person. There is not really a recipe, you know, there is no like, oh, you have to be like this, 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 and that to get this, this, this watch. Not really that, but just, you know, be genuine about your wishes. Every single sales professional wants to sell watches. 
There right. is no such a thing as someone, oh, I don't want to sell for this person. No, it doesn't exist. We want to sell watches for everybody. That's a reality. But, you know, you have to understand that a lot of people sometimes for the same pieces. And sometimes we have someone in mind that in our mind, okay, maybe it's not the time for this one yet because this other person also wants this piece and then been waiting for a little longer or have done a bit more business long term. And then I feel that this person could be first. And again, it's just when you give priority to our dealer, the dealer is definitely going to prioritize you. Um, it works both ways. But again, there's not really a recipe. It's just, you know, keep you in touch with the person. Would you say like if, if one of your customers comes in with a watch that you didn't sell them, mm-hmm. like w- what's going through your mind, you know, Nothing. like obviously yeah, you, may not, you may not care. Right. But but as as somebody who's looking to get that next challenging piece to get. Yeah. If they um, got it somewhere else, like congratulations, that's a great job. Good for it, you. It, it doesn't mean, make, or, make or break, obviously. No, absolutely not. I mean, so again, watches are commodity. So. The hard pieces to get is hard for everybody. If my client somehow got in on the plate, like I have good clients, like one of my VIP clients, he was in, when well, he was in Vienna, I think, and he called me, he texted me actually. This was like six months ago. He texted me because in Vienna, he was there. Probably they saw like what he was wearing, like, you know, right. and they offer something like very special with no purchase history. He's like, Bruna, I got off of this one. What do you think? Should I go? He's like, just get it. Just get it. Yeah. I know I don't have this watch now. I can get it for you. I just don't have now. I don't have a time frame. I don't want to promise something that I don't know what I'm going to be able to accomplish. Just get it. That's not going to be the last watch. And then we're going to move forward. This is very important what? because to me, what? because if, what's up? Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying it feels that he trusts all my inputs. Yeah, before yeah, making a decision, you know, it doesn't mean that he buys watches every month somewhere else. But if something like a unicorn happens, and then he had takes the time to text me in Las Vegas while he was in Vienna asking me what I think about him buying this watch, that says something. Yeah, I'm gonna and, be mad about him. Yeah, I'm not. And you and know? obviously there's there's kind of like the the fine borderline of loyalty, right? Where Obviously, as a, as a watch collector, we can't put all our eggs in one basket. You know, I, I say that because, you know, it, it's beneficial for a watch collector to have deal, to have Brunas everywhere, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm just calling it like I see. Good luck finding them. I'm just kidding. Love, love you to death, but you, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, like yeah, no, no, we we can't hinge our we can't hang our hat on one relationship. To get all the watches we want. I partially disagree with that. But yeah, oh, okay. go on. Yeah, please, please. Go on. No, go on. No, no. I, 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 and, and so here's an example, right? And this just happened two days ago. So mm-hmm. one of my friends is a professional baseball player. And mm-hmm. he was looking for a Rolex. And mm-hmm. I introduced him to one of my other friends who has every single Rolex under the sun. And so he was actually visiting this area in California where my friend leaves. So he took him into his Rolex dealership and the Rolex dealership said, Hey, we're going to shut the store down. Like we're not letting anybody else here. You can buy anything you want in this store, anything that's on exhibition, anything that's in the safe. I mean, he could have bought it on the spot. He ended up mm-hmm. buying a Wimbledon and a celebration dial or perpetual. Mm-hmm. So ob- obviously, like there's weird instances, right, where he, as a professional baseball player in the in the city where he plays professional baseball, couldn't get the celebration dial Rolex. Mm-hmm. But having an opportunity to meet a new dealer created that that situation for him, so he got yeah. something that he would have never gotten normally. Yeah, but you talk about brand that don't need clients anymore. That's true, of course. You're talking about brand that, frankly, they don't need new clients. They have too many to take care of already. So that's that's why I partially disagree. That makes if sense. You think about, if you think about, you know, even for VIP clients, there is some brands, they have certain rules that they can sell only like a few pieces, whatever amount they, right. you know, estimate right. per year for a client. So if my client obviously wants more than that, I won't be able to deliver because I'm going to be breaking the rule with the brand, which I don't want to do that because I don't want to damage the relationship with the, with the rule. But that's not for all the brands. And that's why I partially, partially disagree because I feel that if you have too many doors, you don't have one, none. 
Because if you're giving too much attention to so many doors, how reliable all those doors would be only with you whenever you really need it. I do have clients who deal with me and have deal with seven other dealers, which I'm fine with that. But when I had that special piece, do you really think he's going to be the priority? Wow. I have other clients who are dealing with me only that's on top of my list always. So I'm that's really how I, yeah, so that's how I partially disagree. Obviously, you know, you want to realize you cannot find anywhere and you go everywhere in the world and then you get offer one. That's why I said, yeah. like, just get it. It's not a big deal because we don't have, but for other pieces, for other brands and for the relationship itself, I don't think that's healthy. I don't think so. I am obviously depends. Yeah, my whole life depends, right now. Yeah, always de depends, you know, what the client goes also. Because some clients, sometimes they don't, again, sometimes, I don't take personal. Sometimes the clients, you just want to deal. They just want that watch. They don't want a long-term relationship. They don't want a whole, and that's okay. That's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what I'm there for. I'm there for cultivate a long-term relationship with good clients. So that's why I personally disagree with that. Well, you hear it here first. We have like zero minutes left. I promise. Sorry, you. guys. No, but is there anything that maybe we didn't talk about? Obviously, we we promised your your tips to getting that watch. You've gave some great insight already. But is there anything that maybe we didn't include in those tips? So what I what I would say, you know, for I'm gonna give like a suggestion for clients who Please. are listening to this podcast, and then also for sellers, you know, who works in the industry like I do. Sure. Also, I'm going to give some, some tips. So for clients, don't be so defensive. Don't be so defensive. Watches are fun. Watches industry is the most fun industry I ever worked at because you guys are so knowledgeable. You guys are so passionate. And then when a client says, oh, I only want this watch. I only want that brand. You kind of block your mind for so many great opportunities out there. You know, and I'm not here to talk about brands. I'm not talking about, talking about price point of value aftermarket. No, every single price point, every single value of watches might change in the future. I don't have a crystal ball. You don't have a crystal ball. You don't know how it's going to be in the future. So just that's why I always said, just don't be defensive. Open your mind. You don't have to take what you don't like it, but just be open to learn. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. You know, also... Some clients only want watches for for investments purposes. Oh, I just want to watch that holds the value. Like you don't know if it's going to hold the value 10 years from now. And if you're looking for investment, you should not be invest only watches. You should right. get putting your money in SP 500 and just let it grow. It's much better yeah. than putting accessory. And then, right? That's, that's for how sure. I 100%. Feel. That's a, that's a very genuine, you know, of course, feels good to know that you bought a watch and then it's worth two, three times what feels good. Of course. But if your only goal is that, it's very frustrating. If your only goal is that, it's very annoying for who is helping you too. So that's my genuine tip. For salespeople, don't take personal. Don't take anything personal. You know, when you want to buy something, you want what you want. And then don't take personal if the client don't like what you show, but just do your best. Just show, just, you know, present. Try to learn a little more. You know, because the clients know more than you, probably. Most of the clients know more than us. Just listen to them. Just check the information, make sure it's okay. But like, you know, you listen to them, learn from them and share. And, uh, you know, when you realize you have a good clientele that trusts you because everything that you say is true, you know, and that's how you build trust. And that's how you grow a healthy business. Because the last thing you want is to sell to somebody who buys because you say something and everything that you say is not true. And then they regret and then they say bad things about you, about your store, about the product and mm -hmm. never come back again. So I got I got one more for you. Mm -hmm. How how can they find a Bruna without being a Bruna? Like how, how can they find a sales professional that is is passionate, is dedicated like you without actually meeting you? So obviously we're talking to a wide audience here and there's yeah. people that live on the east coast and people that live in asia yeah. and people that you know obviously it's not possible for them to all come see you so how can they find you without meeting you you know you can find me find me i don't know if somebody like me but me myself 
<laughs> I do have my Instagram. We'll definitely uh, link it watch for sure. Bruna, watch Bruna. So I post a little bit about watches. I post a bit, a little bit about my personal life. I just, you know, just for fun, you know, so that's, you can see my face there, my dog. She's there. Some watches, some watches that I post sometimes. I could be a little more active online. I, I have not had time this past few months. Right. But, you know, I'm there. I'm the one run the account. LinkedIn also, I have my account, Bruna Soares, my first last name, and I can leave the link for you guys. And yeah, so when but, you come to Las Vegas, but you know, beyond, beyond that, like, what are some tips that you could give them to look for as That's a, a good buyer? Question. That's a good question because, again, I, as I said, I'm not so loyal to so many people myself because. It's not being pretentious. I hope I don't sound bad saying that, but I no. don't see a lot of salespeople doing a great job out there nowadays. Unfortunately, there is a lot of people doing a great job. I have not met many. So I do have some, a lot of friends in the industry and I have a lot of friends in other industries. They are great, but typically what I look for and to, to deliver to my clients is genuine attention. Like I try to listen what they say, even though it's nothing to do with the business, but I try to listen because if they say something is important to them and being proactive, you know, if I'm doing every single step that I take, I'm thinking ahead somehow. So I feel like helps a lot the clients because they don't, don't get like that bad feeling if something happens out of the control. And if something goes out of the control, be extremely quick about it. You know, so being accessible is definitely a great key to to have a good, happy clientele portfolio. Well, we pulled everything that we have out of you in this oh, one. Yes. So thank you again so much for coming thank on. You. Thank Absolutely. you. Bruno. It's an honor to spend time with you. I love hanging out with you. I love coming to see you at the store. Thank you. Even though in the past few times I've been so busy, but that's okay. You bring clients. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we communicate outside of the, of the environment and, um, want to thank you again for coming on and sharing your information. And hopefully our listeners will, will take some of this to, to their dealer or, or to you, you know, we're going to link your Instagram and, um, and, and yeah, so hopefully this was helpful guys. Is there anything else? That that we all d- should say before Justin. What's up, Justin? What do you think? I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> I think we've t- I think we've touched on everything. I know she's ready to get out of here. She's like, I gotta go. <laughs> she, yeah, I know. I, I promised her we wouldn't take you know her whole evening, but um, but all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you. we'll see you on the next one. Thank Thanks, you. Everyone. Thank you so much. Thanks, thank you. See you next time. Take care, guys. Bye.